Hello, this is Minute 68 of As If, podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I'm the improbably named Park Parkinson, your host. With me today is Diana McMullen. Hello, everybody. Today's minute starts with Cher and Dee and Murray in the middle of their freeway misadventure with, with Murray telling Dee to keep her hands in the wheel and the truck coming up behind them. And we go until just past the start of the next scene with Cher and Christian talking as they come up the escalator in the mall. What's about when you first saw Clueless? What's what's your memory of, of Clueless? My relationship with Clueless. Um, well, yeah. I was a freshman in high school in 1994. So I was 14 years old in high school watching this movie in the theater going, this is absolutely nothing like what high school is really like. Um, I grew up on the East Coast in New Jersey. So, um, yeah, my high school was absolutely nothing like that you didn't go to a palace no or live in one nope uh all of my hallways in school were inside all of my (laughs) none of my lunchtime was outside (laughs) yes it just started off with an air of fantasy but it was uh you know one of those movies that you know when you're drunk late night college you're like yeah just put clueless on it's something we've seen enough times that it's background noise and i guess that was probably the last time uh before this project that i had seen it was a drunken background noise in college so I, to contrast i didn't see this movie until and we're about the same age i didn't see this movie until i was in college so it was already like three or four years old uh, by then okay and we'll get more sort of like the, the 90s-ness of it. I'll, I'll tell you what. So I uh, I watched the movie full through last night. It does bring out so much nostalgia. It makes me feel, oh, it, it gives me all the feels. It made me so happy watching it and smiling and going, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God, I thought All the that music so and the cool. clothes. The music yeah. made me so happy. Very often it seems like in, in younger, like YA movies, mm-hmm. it's... Um, Music that was really popular sometimes 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or or remakes of old songs. There's no Mighty Mighty Boss Tones playing at a party, and then, you know, five years later, they're everywhere. It wouldn't shock me now to watch, like, probably not a teen movie, like a kid's movie, mm-hmm. and hear Mighty Mighty Boss right. Tones in it, but, like, probably Smash Mouth in it. Instead, it's like some scene where the kids are messing up the kitchen and like yeah yeah. we don't get a whole music in this scene because we have a lot of yeah we have a lot of other noises like trucks yeah Yeah. and screaming and um lots of screaming yeah we're we're significantly short of dialogue in our minute here most of which is coming from murray right (laughs) and most of it is about calming down I, i i would have died if i if i my high school girlfriend knew how to drive before I did. But if I was the one who had to shepherd a freaking out um, 16-year-old uh, through her first time on the highway, I, I maybe I would have had the sense to get to the shoulder. I think we probably all would have just been in a horrible wreck. Um, Died in a fiery he, he, crash. 
Yeah, <laughs> but he keeps his head. He's I, I liked Murray a lot better after this scene. He wasn't wasn't just smart, but also he he showed you know. compassion. He kept his composure. He he talked deep. He's kind. Right? Yeah, he talked deep through it. You know, even after she, when she finally gets off the freeway, praising her, you did a great job. You're wonderful. Um, even a he, it doesn't say, oh my god, how stupid was right. that? How, how did you could that you have done that? He put us in danger. Right. No, he's like, it's okay, breathe, let it out. Yeah, he's really still being kind. Yes, a compassionate boyfriend, nice. which is good. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I like. Which pays off. It does pay off. <laughs> it does. I liked how built up the freeway is. So, in, in a couple points during the movie leading up to this, you know, Cher's talking about, oh my god, you can go and getting on the freeway. Even when Dee's driving and they, accidentally get onto the freeway that the freeway is this huge looming oh my god we can't i can't believe we're getting on the freeway and then there's a couple of instances which uh, i'm guessing they talked about in the previous minute which we right. don't have access to listening to um but uh where you know the, the once they get on the freeway there's an old lady flipping them off as they go by while they're screaming. And then there's all these bikers that come up around them as they're screaming. And then we have the giant truck. Yes. And our scene starts with this giant grill looming and honking <laughs> and they're screaming. And I think it makes their little red convertible like even more, you know, petite and puts them in even smaller, you know, scale oh, yeah. with this giant truck. And, um, you know, it, that is just kind of like the analogy of the freeway. They they make the freeway seem weirdly post-apocalyptic. <laughs> like with images of post-apocalyptic America. With like, old people are ripping you the bird and rules have broken down. And then the biker gang and a giant truck. Like like a Mad Max vision. <laughs> I'm impressed there was nothing strapped to the grill of the truck. To like, uh... If they redid this, they'd have like a, like a picture of a guy playing a flaming guitar. <laughs> just uh, a skull. And it was... You know, I mean, it was legit terrifying mm -hmm. to, I mean, like, it's scary to watch, it's scary for the characters, and you wonder, like, well, are they going to get at least nudged or something? Are they in trouble? I mean, they're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, you're right, that's totally not how, that's, that seems very, I mean, I I have not even been to L.A., but, but only know L.A. through movies, but that seems very L.A., whereas I spent my teenage years, Florida and somewhat Wisconsin, where, around, like, the Tampa Bay area in Florida, and then, you know the Midwest, where the freeway is the only place to get anywhere interesting. And so pretty early on in your driving, you learn to get on the freeway because that's why you're driving. Like I, especially if you're in the Midwest, you're driving so you can get, get on the freeway and go to a town where something is going on. Uh, yeah. See, unless you're lucky enough to like live in Chicago or Milwaukee or, you know. Yeah. I grew up in Jersey. So I guess the equivalent to the freeway was the turnpike. And right. That was pretty far away from where I was, but, you know, if you wanted to get to Great Adventure or any of the other havens of teenage Mecca life, you would have had to get on the turnpike at some point. And it was the same kind of like, you had the one friend who you heard went on the turnpike one time, and whew, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to do it again. It was crazy. So... I just had that. So I'm, I'm just baffled by, like, I, I didn't, until I was out of college, I didn't live in a place where... A freeway could, was a bad thing. Yeah, where you could, like, get to interesting places in by driving on city streets. I wonder how much of L.A. is like that now, 
you know, because I mean, every every place has worse traffic than they did 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a legit scary scene that Cher makes her way out. I mean, uh, sorry, D makes her way out very well, and Murray, you know, keeps his composure. Then we just have the very beginning of the next scene where um, well, we see Cher and Christian. Let's just go back a second too, because that that scene oh, yeah? on the on the turnpike actually ends with D and Murray like full on making oh, yes. out and like reconciling that they've just made it through this yes. traumatic life threatening situation after which d's virginity went from technical to non (laughs) (laughs) but it was nice because you know Cher was just kind of there and she wasn't judging them and she wasn't like i feel like through their relationship she's kind of a third wheel but of her own volition like if she had a boyfriend the four of them would just be doing everything but since she doesn't want a boyfriend She's cool just hanging out with them. And they're kind of cool with her just being there. And she sits there while they're full-on making out, reconciling this event. Um, yeah. Totally non-judgmental, totally pondering life. And um, yeah, it makes her realize she would also like someone to share experiences with. Yeah. Which which I yeah. thought was really nice. It's, that's a... Uh, Again, coming from the perspective of, you know, somebody who's not in high school writing for a high school movie, um, but that's a level of self-awareness that I don't think a lot of people actually have in high school. You get the impression that D, I mean, because she has a technical virginity, obviously there's still some, I mean, there is now still some cachet to, um, some, some fear of slut shaming mm-hmm. and, and, uh, desire to hold on to that label for reasons of respectability. But Cher isn't one of those people who's making D feel that way. Right. And so our protagonist is not of that group who wants to slut shame someone. And if anything, D sort of jokes about Cher as, you know, being, being very picky. Mm-hmm. You know, with Cher also, like earlier on, she, she responded in stride and they are, friendly with it it's that was that was a nice portrayal of that virginity is one of they're both characters both nice to each other it's just one of those things that always uh when you're in high school that age virginity is such a big looming issue it's always like oh my god did you hear so-and-so did it oh my goodness they did it and it may or may not even be close to true but you throw a rumor that somebody's a virgin or not a virgin out there and it just made oh my gosh like such headlines well, sex I is guess. so important and virginity is so important that the most nondescript pronoun we have automatically means it mm-hmm. doing it that without context it <laughs> is understood to be sex and doing it is especially thought of as you know a phrase we use for losing your virginity mm-hmm. that's yeah, it speaks to how important it is. And it, yeah, it's really nice that with the thing being that important, these two characters are on the opposite side of that mostly imaginary dividing line. Right. And they're friendly and they don't really judge each other for their choice. Right. I think it's a nice way to kind of uh, bring back that, yeah, this is still high school because that is such a high school issue. <laughs> yeah. How, how important that is, is, yeah. Speaking of teen sexuality so we um that's a terrible intro. we <laughs> just keep going it's fine no one hurts <laughs> i'm about to get really pervy no we we go 
we get when we go from this, we see Cher and Christian hanging out for the first time since Cher has I almost said realized, but found out, got told mm-hmm. because Murray told her, um, and then she and Dee put it together that that Christian is gay, and uh, through Murray's very and again one of those times when we were chatting earlier when Murray shows off his smartness because long list of stereotypes about <laughs> gay people includes Oscar Wilde and I guess it wouldn't have been that strange to talk about Barbara Streisand or um or uh Wizard of Oz D- uh, uh, Judy Garland, yeah yeah Judy, uh, uh, it would have been as odd over 20 years yeah, ago yeah but Oscar Wilde um, I mean I think yeah that's that's the that's the brand. I can't tell you a single high school guy at least when I was in high school, that could even tell you who Oscar Wilde was. Never mind some, you know, guys in their 20s and 30s now, you know. Oh, yeah. If I describe somebody as an Oscar Wilde kind of guy, <laughs> gay is not at all what would uh, be coming up. They would ask me, you know, is his name Ernest? What's, what's... <laughs> and also, like with, with Dee, Cher, she says he's a blast to hang out with. He's become one of her favorite shopping partners, she says. So this has not changed. It's made them more comfortable, or at least Cher is more comfortable around him, mm-hmm. it seems like. She's not stumbling over herself or being, you know, anxious like before we're around Christian. Right. Trying to stage an entire lighting scheme for how to uh, appropriately present. Right. It's less pressure. Right. <laughs> and she's not anxious about being around a gay. That was really nice. The way that it just kind of was, oh, one more, you know just a fact about him rather than the defining fact about him. Like he did not yeah. turn into, you know, super flaming guy. He kind of, he just maintains the same, the same level of perfect coiffed hair and <laughs> manicured impeccable clothing and just slides into a different relationship box rather than, a different pers- total different persona you know he is he is dressed in uh like a like a pinky mauve oh not now that we know we'll put him in a ribbon color but 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 you're right he's not he's always looked like this yeah yeah if you go back to when uh, he first shows up at the in the class he, he's got his jacket like slung over his shoulder his hair is perfect he's got the skin tight shirt on um even you know when they're at the dance so the last time I, again, studied this movie, um, you know, last night I was watching it and knowing, going into it, knowing what I know about it. And the scene when they're at the date, you know, he's flirting with the bartender. When he yeah. shows up with the movies, they're Cary Grant movies, which, you know, we all know now. There's a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going into watching this, knowing what I know now, you can see they've kind of set it up the whole time. But when you're not watching it, looking for it, you don't see it. And the puzzle, the puzzle makes sense. Everything clicks into place after they learn, um, after Marie says something about it. He's sort of a um, stereotypical 90s representation of queerness mm-hmm. in that he is an attractive young white man uh, who is gay. And that's that's sort of the the most okay way still, yeah. really. But especially in the '90s, you know, the, I think I think America's really like big introduction to a um, to a gay character who was around all of the time is probably Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, is the first thing I think of, or, you know, that, like, my a sitcom my parents watched. And I feel like that was uh, right around the like same time, too. Yeah, that wasn't very far. It might have been, like, just after. Yeah. But, 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 but yeah, around this time. Yeah, where uh, I think everybody, because I, and I think Ellen came out on her show right around the same time, too. Again, within a year or two. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the mid-90s is finally when gay culture pushed itself more into mainstream culture. And it just—I really like the, the recovery from the AIDS crisis in a lot of ways. And, and, and Matthew Shepard, everything that happened with Matthew yeah. Shepard—I mean, you can't really put that back in a closet. No, once it became a topic, became a topic that wasn't just focused on AIDS, right? Like it was in the in the eighties and the early nineties. Even you know, once we were able to talk about it, right. uh, it got all of a sudden got very political. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but then that then that became the conversation about gayness was a conversation about AIDS. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember, uh, you know, the greatest set from my really early adolescence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but around this time, that was changing somewhat, and we were seeing more gay characters around. But Christian is definitely a typical he's a safe nineties gay. gay character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's he's preppy and and attractive, and he's very boy next door. You know, not unmasculine. Correct. Even. Yes, he's a, he almost looks like a like a preppy greaser almost. Yeah, his way of being gay is he's just cleaner and neater <laughs> than, and than more well spoken than all the other. Than, you know, well, but again, it was the '90s, so you have that level of grunge skater boy. Like seriously, if you take a shower once a week, you're probably good. Christian was a daily shower in a world of weekly showers. <laughs> But yeah, but you mentioned at the same time, you said on my so-called life, which I didn't watch when I was a kid. Yes. But. Yeah. And um, Ricky was gay on there and I believe he was Puerto Rican. Um, so they did That's really cool. have, you know, um, a non, non-white, non-white, gay, yeah. non-white, non-preppy. Character. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're, tr- yeah, they're trying. <laughs> yeah, America's problem with, with intersectionality. We can handle... A, a non-straight, white, cisgender person, but only one of those things can change yes. at a time. Yep. <laughs> Maybe two, and then that's it. But, but, and then sometimes that's easier on television, even especially if it's a if it's a secondary character on a drama. Right. Yeah, you're stuck with the character, whatever it does. But yeah, so I'm they st- are I, uh, they're at the mall. Yeah. They're, <laughs> which. Another another uh, linchpin of '90s teen culture. Did you love them all? That did you have them all? We had a mall, which is now uh, the big difference between now and then might be just that this mall looks like it's got a lot of businesses in it. The mall that I used to go to when I was a teenager. To, I mean, I didn't like. I didn't go to hang out. I was not cool. <laughs> then this might surprise We're making listeners. Making a podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I was a huge geek and nerd and 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 uh and, and dork and uh self-conscious and not cool and yeah i i was neither rich nor popular as the as the as the children of clueless are <laughs> and i didn't really go to at the mall to hang out with a lot of people i had like one or two friends in high school um that i would like hang out with and sometimes we went to the mall do you have you have a teenager do kids still Hang I out at the mall. I have a fake teenager. I, I have a teenager in my world who's not quite mine that I borrow. Oh, that's right. You yes, said, you said my yeah, boyfriend's yeah, yeah. my boyfriend's daughter um, is fourteen, and yeah, she'll still be like, "Oh, we're going to the mall." And I actually asked her. I was like, well, "So, 
what do you guys like, what do, you do? do? Yeah. She's like, oh, we walk around. And I was like, well, okay, that is exactly what we did. Like, we just walk around, and none of us had any money. Like, sometimes we would babysit, and we'd have some money, and we'd go to, like, Hot Topic or, you know, sit around the food court. You weren't shopping. No. God, no. You were mall rats. Yes. You sit around the mall, sit around the mall, and maybe you have a friend that works at one of the stores who could get you, like, a sweet discount at the wall on some CDs. And then, uh, yeah, that's what you do. I think we had a goodie, but yeah. yeah. Nope, Sam Goody was always good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, there was definitely not shopping. Like, you weren't, go- if you needed to shop, you went with your mom, because she could buy you stuff. This minute ends with Christian and Cher coming up the escalator, and Christian asks, where's Ty? And Cher says, oh, she met some random guys, and that's where we we cut off, after just getting a sort of a look at this very nice two-level mall. That was always the mark of, like, a really nice mall in a movie for me when I was thinking. All the, I live in Florida and everything is one story. Oh, no. My mall growing up was a two-story mall. Diana, before we go, is there anything you would like to plug? I would love to. I am one half of the radio podcast. Uh, we are a fortnightly uh, current events and news podcast and you see that's fancy fortnight yeah well if you say bi-weekly then people think you come out twice a week and i have a real job so i can't <laughs> do that um but all of you fine folks should come take a listen to us we're over at www.radio-podcast.net www.radio-podcast-net radio-podcast radio-podcast.net okay well, then I was going to repeat it for clarity, and I missed it. <laughs> and I have nothing to plug. I am boring. Uh, check me out on As If, the minute-by-minute minute podcast about Clueless. Hey, I hear it's great. Minute-by-minute. It's pretty good. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Minute 69 uh, and more more Mall Talk. Mall Talk. So join us then. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. Produced and edited by Darren Huston. Executive produced and hosted by Park Parkinson, with my guests Diana McMullen and Jackie Parkinson. Follow us on Facebook at As If the Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore Podcast. And follow us on Instagram As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please write and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended.